Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. A new day is dawning, new ideas, new rules, new management, and a new podcast. We talk the man on an endless quest for revenge as we talk John Wick, Chapter 4, A Normies Like Us. I'll need a gun. table will honor its word. Win or lose, it's a way out. 42 regular, wasn't it? It's Kevlar from the back. The latest ballistic chic. I'm going to need a gun. Let's you heard it up top. You better not pout. You better not cry. You better not mess with his dog. That's right. We're talking about the one, the only. It's John Wick, chapter four, here on Normies Like Us with your hosts. Um, they call me Mr. Colin Body. <laughs> this is Mike Wick. Uh, this is Jacob Wick. Oh, okay. Now shoot each other. <laughs> there can only be one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, John Wick time, baby. You know, we're out here. We've Hell never yeah. done a John Wick episode, but the fourth movie has just come out, and we're we're locked in. Have we, have we not talked about it? Maybe I don't on think a we've done a dedicated episode. Yeah, wild, right? Yeah, I don't think we have. Wow. I wonder Correct if this will get wrong. our long-form movie-watching treatment at some point, but I, I don't know. That's, that's interesting you know that what? we haven't talked John Wick before. Yeah, nothing says the holidays like watching all the John Wick movies when we do a big series. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll come back to it. <laughs> but uh, I guess, yeah, that begs the question, you know, we, we've never really discussed it in depth. So, you know, where's everybody at with the John Wick franchise? You fans of this? And then we can kind of talk about how we Yo. watch John Wick 4, you know. Yes. Okay. Together. So speaking of holidays, Mike, I will say that these films are a holiday tradition to me. Um, I was mm. telling Jacob this as we were going to see this movie. And let's set up. I think we should talk about how yes. we all saw this movie at some point together, which is very oh, cool yes. and awesome. A normies field trip. A little field, uh, field trip. trip. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you believe? But uh, in the past, I, rem- I totally recall all of John Wick 1's release because I was in California for it. I was in L.A. I saw the huge billboards. John Wick. Don't mm-hmm. set him off. You know, John Wick himself. Keanu Reeves walking out as the eye. And a podcast Jacob and I loved called Harmontown, starring the the acclaimed writer Dan Harmon. Mm-hmm. He would go off on these rants, Mike, where he would say, "What is Keanu doing? What have you guys driven around? Have you seen these billboards? What are these billboards? Where John Wick? Like, what does that mean? He's the eye in it. It looks stupid. Is he a candle maker? Is this a series about a mad candle maker? Right. Like, what's going on here? And there weren't a lot of trailers. We should say that, too. Yeah. yeah. And I totally bought into the disinformation campaign of these movies are going to suck. Went home for the holidays that year. I can't remember if it was Christmas or Thanksgiving when this things came out. I think it was near Christmas. I think it was a November release still in theaters for a, for a Christmas home trip. Right. And my dad comes up to me and like whispers to my brother and I at a huge, you know, big family Christmas dinner with like a lot of relatives ever. He says, Hey, like this is all done. Like let's sneak out and see a movie. We're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And 
the night ends. We get in the car. We're like, what are we going to go see? And he says, I want to show you guys a movie I saw last week that I think is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And we were like, what? And he's like, the new Keanu Reeves movie, John Wick. And I kind of remember being like, I don't know, dude. And kind of booing it and being like, I don't know, man. And the second I left that film, I remember thinking, yo, I need to tell everyone in my life to see this movie as quickly as possible. Yeah. Nice. Well, you might have you might have been the one that told me, actually, because I, you know, when it first came out, it kind of escaped me, flew under the radar for a bit. And because I think, uh, you know, not everyone may know this, but I think it was it was originally going to be a, a straight to DVD release. So it almost wasn't even Holy in theaters. Crap. Uh, but they saved it. And actually, it was called, I believe, Scorn at the time. But <laughs> Keanu Reeves would only call it John Wick in like press and stuff. And he, he refused to call it Scorn because like, that's a stupid title. Nice. So he's like, it's John Wick. And they probably saved the, John you know, the saved Wick. the entire franchise that would never have been uh, otherwise. But for me, when it came out, well, I think when it came out on streaming slash DVD after it was in theaters, well, I think Colin, you told me about it. I know like friends of the podcast, X Kaida and some other people were mm-hmm. on that. And they're like, fucking John Wick. And then I checked yeah. it out and I was like, holy shit. This is like yeah. the, one of the greatest action movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you know? this is around the time as you know i was a big fury road person it's like oh shit this is how action movies are done and then john wick yeah. is coming around too and it's like oh that's how you do it without cars like it really revolutionized the stunt performing and you know yeah, physicality it, it, like, changed is incredible. The game. it changed the whole genre for the better i think and like you know mm-hmm. a ton of john wick clones have been made oh, yeah. like it became the predominant action genre like I mean, we even had now. atomic blonde was a spin-off that was with exactly. the creators yeah, there's been a yeah. lot of those um some of those straight to netflix now so it created this whole franchise i love it you know um blown away because i'm a big you know sucker for choreography and you know stunt work and actual practical effects and 95 percent of this is is real you know choreography yeah. and, and yes like that so that's the two directors the hallmark of, of the john wick first movie. one yeah, well, you had Chad Stahelski, who's continued to do him, and then David Leach, who went on to do Atomic Blonde and Bullet Train. So they kind of split off after the first movie, but they both have a stunt background. They were on why, The Matrix as yes. stunt crew. So they have a history yes. with Keanu. You know, it's mm, all led yeah. to this. And the stunts, yeah, the real, realism of the stunts is really what makes it like so good. And Keanu sure really we'll committed out to about. it. Yeah, yeah. everything that goes on in this movie. But it survived to be four films at this point. You know, it all started in 2014. It's almost 10 years of John Wick happening. So we've been blessed if you're an action movie fan. But, you know, how do do we see this? We went on a field trip, right? We all got together. We got suited up. And we went down to Alamo. Put our Kevlar. That's right. We got our bulletproof suits and our skinny ties. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to the Alamo Draft House in downtown L.A. Uh Great location. I had never been there before, so I was very excited to go see it. Yeah. It's all the posters, all the uh, memorabilia. They have a bar and everything. Like, really cool well, place to go. Interestingly, uh, they had all the Stab films on VHS in a display case to call back to our Scream episode, which is, you know, they have That's little right. keys. Shout and out, stuff. shout out. We ended up in the front row because the tickets were selling out in every theater. We had a group of six of us, you know, so we were like, oh, geez, front row. But actually, it, it wasn't too bad. It's probably the best front no. row experience I've ever had. So overall, it's, I would it's say great seats. Movie that you want to see, you want to, you know, fills up your whole vision. You really see everything, you know, it's IMAX for cheap, you know, to sit yeah. really close <laughs> to the TV, yeah. you know, exactly. But I think we had a of great course, time. Had a couple drafts, drinks. Yeah. Order drinks, order food, whatever you want. Yeah. And uh 
Yeah, it was a fun experience. What do you guys think? It, you know, Mike, this is your usual hotspot. You were mm-hmm. kind of our guide, our our little uh, emissary through this entire uh, first like time experience for me as well. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say, like from down to again, Jacob said the downtown uh, one we went to. Down to mm-hmm. literally, the architecture was so cool. You're going up all these escalators. You're going through this huge sort of maze of a building. Very confusing parking to get into. Parking situation. But then on top of that, you're getting these one of a kind Alamo experience things, which you guys mentioned the drinks, the food, you know, it's all coming to you. Mm-hmm. But the pre-roll before we saw the movie was a self-taped woman who maybe is an employee for all Alamo, you know, who knows, maybe just this one, who yeah. was narrating montages of what the plots of the first three John Wick movies were. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah, like a, it was like whole a YouTube franchise video. recap. Yeah. It, yeah, it was like kind of like little uh, jokes and zingers. It was good. Yeah, I didn't even need it because I actually did watch the first three somewhat oh, yes. recently. Uh, just just binged them and I was just getting ready for, for this one. So I was very well awesome. aware of the of the lore of the And universe. Colin, you rewatched them as well leading up to this. Absolutely. I did not because I live them. I'm Mike Wick, you know. So, <laughs> That's right. um, but I do want every to night when you're driving through now. Koreatown, yeah. you got a bunch of those lighting coins. people on a motorcycle. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So we slid the gold coin at the Alamo. They gave us our front row seats. It was great, um, and I think we had a good time. But yeah, I love this franchise, and I think um, why don't we just dive right in? We'll start talking the review of John Wick Chapter Four. No subtitle this time. Continental of Los Angeles is probably a shithole, right? <laughs> it's probably God. like really bad. It's probably like that hotel from uh, American Horror Story that Lady Gaga. Yes, yes. We're like there's a bunch of ghosts in it. Yeah, we're like West Coast Avengers level of assassins out here. Like it's yes. not the best of the best. It's like Malibu, and then they're like, and you're kind of stuck here. You also like can't get out because of the traffic. <laughs> yeah, that or it's like the haunted one in downtown LA. Yeah, exactly. You know, just yeah. all run down. But uh, we have enough Art Deco, but no one has the charisma of uh, one Keanu Reeves. And that's what we're talking now. John Wick, you know, well, charisma, I guess, will do one thing or another. But <laughs> we did it. That's right. All the movie. Um, we did. We saw John Wick Chapter 4. Now, uh, we gave a little bit of the history up top. This is a Lionsgate film. Lionsgate, you know. Are you listing them in your top studios as you would do? No, that's why Jacob, as he mentioned, brought up the fact that this was almost a direct-to-DVD list. Uh, before this, I mean, The Hunger Games were their big movies, right? And and wow. God bless them for that. But, you know, this is a little different. Uh, and we get these films that start with, you know, it's not just the action. Chad Stileski, David Leitch, and Keanu Reeves, they team up to make this incredible film that's practical, yes, all this other stuff. But I want to point out, the other main staple of this series is that when I left that first film, my dad turned to me and said, and I think it's based on a comic book or something, because they're talking about like a lot of weird like kind of stuff in there, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, crazy. It's not. This is an original series, of course, but has a deep mythology embedded into it, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think the first movie, it starts, you know, to run through briefly, you know, it starts off on assuming he's, he's you know, 
he lost his wife at some point. He has a dog that was a gift from her as she was passing. So he would have something to hold on to. And it turns out he was, you know, an ex assassin kind of crime guy. And these guys come to his house and fuck with him and they kill his dog. And that makes him say, you know what? I'm back. And he turns out it unveils, which is a great underworld. Yeah. yeah. And he just, turns just out he's, he's a normal guy. Yep. They steal his car. They kill his dog. It's the one thing you don't do. It's mess with the man. And dog. all the characters are like, oh, John, you fucked with John Wick. And everyone's freaking out. And throughout the movie, you realize just how capable this guy is. And then we go on to, you know, his other yeah, the world building. Excommunicado. The, yeah, the world building. I think with each, with each successive entry, it kind of expands the world building more yes. from two to three, uh, where you see this larger criminal enterprise of the high table and all that. Jess Gillespie, David Leitch had come together to sort of, again, not only just mutually love like, well, let's do like the best action you've ever seen. They don't make these kind of movies anymore. But let's also embed Greek epic mythology. This isn't necessarily your sort of like Star Wars-esque tale where it's sort of like Japanese inspired or something like that. This is actually sort of more like myth and fable and sort of just like epic inspired and the person that they said that they originally told all this to who kind of got it the most was of course lance reddick who plays the character sharon and of course Mm -hmm. sharon the greek uh ferryman who takes you on the river sticks correct to hades uh shout out to lance reddick real quick we love you r.i.p yeah yeah r.i.p um, for sure unfortunately well, obviously it's tragedy and this movie comes out and it's you know the last time we'll likely see him on screen unless you know that project so yeah that's that's obviously very sad but a uh, great talent oh, and uh yeah a huge loss to this franchise fulfilling this role as the hotel manager writer the concierge then you get the real hotel manager, which is Ian McShane's character. And like Jacob's saying, the mythology, the weird stuff in this first one, it really is kind of just limited to, oh, there's a hotel where all the assassins hang out and they have a rule where they won't kill each other. That's kind of interesting to embed in this tale of revenge that's about yeah. a guy going up kind of traditionally against a Russian mafia who, like we said, killed his dog. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's plot is a simple thin. premise. I want uh, revenge. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's executed like, you know, perfectly. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it obviously it was a huge hit, started the whole franchise. And I think with each success of one, they kind of try to up themselves, making it bigger and grander and, you know, expanding the cast, adding new people for John Wick to fight and, you know, all kinds of crazy scenarios and everything. Yeah, the power scaling is very good. We get a lot of good, you know, guest appearances from actors. You know, we get Iron Chef and, you know, like the, there's a lot That's of right. good stuff in the sequels uh, regarding that. And um, they've just done a great job. I don't think they've had a miss similar to Scream. Like it's pretty f- fucking consistent. And that includes this one. I think it's probably the most consistent set of action movies ever, um, including this one. But yeah, it'll be full spoilers, by the way, for the whole John Wick franchise and specifically four because there's some major stuff happening so from this point forward you haven't seen it or if you just don't care you know caution that's right anyway but yeah i would say from here number two like jacob's saying they just build out and build out and build out it introduces this whole story where it's like what is the high table who are the people in charge of this world of assassins could every person you walk past probably be an assassin? Yes, this film tells yes, you. Yeah. <laughs> At least this like is- one in every five people in the yeah. world is working in some capacity for this assassin's organization. 
Yes. Yeah. Are you unhoused? You're probably an assassin. Yeah. Are you yeah. some sort of just a normal doctor? You're probably an assassin. You know, yeah. like a tailor shop, probably an assassin. Yeah. You accept these weird coins? Yeah. Assassin. But um, so the second one, what's the key event? That's essentially he breaks the rule of the Continental, right? Is that the second one? Well, there's the, Ita- the second one is the Italian guy. He, he has the marker with John Wick. He's like, mm-hmm. I want to kill my sister and take over her spot on the high table. John Wick's trying to get out, but he's like, basically with these things called markers in this world where if you agree to do it, you're like honor bound to complete a task for this person or whatever, a favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, by, you know, by doing this contract, he has to work for this guy that ends up getting in a whole thing. And he, uh, you know, has to kill a bunch of people. Yes, we we set up the huge myth that was John Wick in the first film. He is, of course, the Baba Yaga. He mm-hmm. is the thing that comes yeah. out and like eats your children the at man. or yes. whatever. The boogeyman. Yes, thank you. Correct. Um, the Baba Duke. <laughs> and yeah. he's constantly saying, "I wish he was the Baba Duke, Mike. I wish he was LGBTQ <laughs> icon, the Baba Duke." <laughs> yes, yes. You know, we know. You know. Uh, Jenna Ortega likes the Babadook better. And, That's you know, right. According to the screen. We're talking about two really good franchises. Like, keep saying. We really um, We learned what he had to do to give up his reputation in that first film as the Babadook was an undoable task, which is we never see or really understand throughout the franchise, but he basically killed every person he needed to kill. And people are constantly like, how many people was it? And he's like, it was so many people right now he was released from that like jacob's saying this italian gentleman the second one who is a part of this quote-unquote high table uh is the man who released him and we're learning the difference now in this world of being released from the high table and then what john wick is by the end of the film which is of course miscommunicado which is i'm sorry excommunicado which is not released but you were of course like branded turned away can't use the, the your, services of the hotel. You're part of this organization. It's not like we're just acting like you don't exist, but you are being actively hunted. And and yeah. now John Wick must pay for his crimes. This sets up the third part. Not a chapter, of course, a parabellum, if you will. Yeah, chapter three parabellum. So yeah, the end of two, $18 million. Everyone who's an assassin in the city, because it's everyone, they all get the text message and that's your cliffhanger. Now he's on the run for three. Right. There's a bounty on his head. Yeah. Everyone in New York City is trying to kill him everyone in the world and uh he's running around new york people chasing him uh alley berry dog fight you know it's all that he's trying to reach the high table meet the this guy in the the desert things become very international yes he believes there is a person who sits above the table uh yeah i uh, to me we're gonna rank them at the end but you get the franchise highs out of the fact that literally the conception of this film is a walter hill warriors-esque event of it's not a gang trying to escape a city it is one man versus the world and can he fight them off every second of every day and it turns john wick from the wounded animal to killer to the predator to the prey and to see how he responds to that throughout this film i think is thrilling and the action is just top notch yeah yeah yeah. this this fourth one we'll we'll kick it off here is is incredible and it's a great kind of character arc i think for john especially after what we've seen you know he's again not the hunted he's not the hunter anymore um and i mean it is very mythic you know he is 
taking on the gods of Mount Olympus, you know, and it's like yes. you can gain and lose it's favor, right? You know what I mean? He's Kratos, <laughs> yeah. basically. So uh, we get, keep adding um, to his bounty. The more people he kills, you know, the higher his bounty gets, you know, so more, more and more deadly killers are trying to come after yeah, him. The gods. Yeah. yeah. So the, the high tables had enough and they're like, we're going to send this guy, Bill Skarsgård, the Marquis of something, this French guy, the Marquis, and his job is to kill John Wick. Right. Of course, that's all these movies are about after the first <laughs> one. We got to kill John Wick. Um, and then we also get Donnie Yen, who's hired by the Marquis. He's a friend of uh, John Wick from back in the assassin days. He's a very capable killer. He uh, named Kane. You know, he gets hired to go kill John Wick and he doesn't want to do it. But there's weird obligations because they have leverage uh, on his daughter. So Donnie right. Yen and like John, has Wick, John Wick. Yeah, he was out of the game, but had to be brought back in because of commitments he made uh to you know two people in the organization to protect his daughter um yeah. it's implied he that he obviously paid with his eyeballs yes, yes mike i was eyes. talking to, i was talking to jacob about that on the drive home he's Bart's blind spirits. in this yeah now would you rather do john's task or kane's task <laughs> well john's well, john task was just, is he had to harming others kane's right? is in you know it's like he's sacrificing himself for his daughter where john's sacrificing everyone else for himself which might be a theme that comes into this so i think kane was more selfless you know but he tried to that was his price so he's blind now he's one with the force the force is one with him um blind That's badass right. donnie yen don't pigeonhole him though but uh so he's in this he loves playing blind people. character he does uh, I just want to mention the tracker, who's this new Gen Z yes. guy with a beanie and a dog. And he's like a, a wild card. He's he's hunting John, but he's not willing to. And he's like a Western trope, you know, the lone gunman with the dog uh, kind of watching from a distance. A lot of times his motivations are kind of unclear, like he wants to kill John for the reward money. But he's also like it has grudgingly respects John over time. And then John eventually saves his dog from being attacked. So he's like. All right, this guy's all right. Maybe he I gets won't kill. redemption in that act, Jacob, of saving a dog that was about to die. I guess that's yeah, the payoff. Well, there's one thing beer. John Wick hates: it's animal, animal abuse. abuse. Human abuse, fine. Animal abuse, get yeah. it. But um, to be fair, you know, animals are sometimes better than people. Um, but um, I was going to say a thing. Oh yeah, with the tracker, they were talking about in behind the scenes interviews that there was an inspiration of the good, the bad, and the ugly here. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's no good guys in John Wick's universe. There's just less bad guys, right? So yeah, and there's like people that respect each other's skills as assassins. You know, contemporaries. So if I'm casting this, they didn't say in the interview. I think John's the bad. Donnie Yen's the good. And then maybe the ugly is just the side character. Not that he's not handsome, right. but I don't the know. Man with no it. name or sure. Mr. Nobody. But yeah, uh, I, Johnny M wears white and white undershirt. John Wick wears a black. So, you know, so it's I, right. there's Western coding in this. You know, the Marquis obviously is technically Wick, white hat. It's very weird, you know. And John Wick's been the, the you know, he's the Baba Yaga. He's the man in black. He's mm-hmm. the he's literally the devil. Like if he's after you, like, you know, R.I.P. Like to Eastwood, you he's the antihero. Die. Even though the yeah. initials are JW, it's not John Wayne. It's John Wick, baby. You know? That's right. I think Colin and I, we were talking about this character, the tracker, not our favorite part of the movie. It felt like he was kind of just tacked onto the overall plot of things. And it seemed like, you know, we had to throw a dog in there because Halle Berry with her dogs and three was so popular. Yeah. Like, we need a dog. Like, I mean, John Belgian Wick, shepherds that are so popular now. I don't understand it. I, yeah. I was saying to Jacob, there's a very famous Henry Fonda uh, Western film called A Man Called Nobody that is yeah. 
about Henry Fonda playing the most deadly killer on the planet, like an old West gunslinger. And a yeah. kid says to his dad, who's even deadlier than that guy? And he says, that guy, nobody. And a man shows up named nobody who is better. And his whole purpose of the entire film wow. is to just egg Henry Fonda on and be like, you should go fight these other gangs. You should do this other stuff. And he's like, why would I do something so daring and brave and you know dangerous? And he's like, to live. That's that's the whole point. And he's pushing the central character further and further to their goal. Wow. Uh, I have to assume. I, I mean, like we're that. getting in, of course, the blind Zaitochi trope as well. Yeah. Like yeah. this whole film is and and it, it's so fair for my dad to be like that must be based on a manga oh, this a film in general right but film more than anything jacob this is this is this is chad stileski i almost wonder if david lights like pared him down like a little or just like was like no no, no we have to go easy on this stuff because chad stileski seems to be like yo i liked this movie I will just put a scene of that movie fucking mm-hmm. in this film. Who fucking yeah. cares? Well, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, he obviously is a big fan of movies, you know, different genres, movies from the 70s and, and 60s. The and, Warriors. Uh, reminds mm-hmm. me of Tarantino in a way where he'll just homage things a lot. Yeah, The Warriors, that whole Homage. Scene. Yeah, homage, <laughs> which can mean just basically just ripping it Feeling. straight out of. But that's kind of, you know, that's what Tarantino does. And he mashes things together uh, to great success. And I think David Leach was kind of the, he was more into like the Deadpool style humor where people yes. are quipping. That's what bullet, bullet train is full of that. And I actually mm-hmm. like Stahelski more. Who's just like, yes. we need good action. Yeah. We need references to like genre movies and B movies in the seventies and stuff. And you know, it, for me, it really works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to mention with the tracker uh, being nobody, it also reminds me of mythology with Odysseus when he's fighting the Cyclops and it's like, Oh, what is your name? My name's nobody. And then Cyclops is yelling out, nobody is killing me. And, you know, like, and his friends don't help him. You know, that's and the trick. The, uh, Mike, the Odyssey is a tale about a man trying to return to his wife. Like you, you literally yeah. just feel like Chad Sileski being like, well, this is a Homer like Epic. And you're like, yeah, this movie is, <laughs> the what yeah. about the gun That's shooting is when a, when a it is the, yeah he's returning movie home. has aspirations yes. of yes. you know being hot, something more than it is and even if it doesn't always fulfill it it's like it's got you know it's going for it and it's dripping with style everything has meaning like even if it's just like here's a gold coin we're not going to explain it figure it out like they throw sh- stuff like that here's a cauldron that you burn yeah. your arm on it's a thing don't worry about it it's this just a, a thing oh you know? cool. <laughs> and we're putting it in the movie yeah yeah, yeah. and then that adds the depth because it does feel like a comic book burn your arm on yeah. yes of course it but, is um, it is I, comic books i want to say though because as we approach the, the plot here i feel there's three acts to this and that's an easy way to okay. look at it we have the osaka we have germany and we have paris i think that's our oh movie. sure yeah, yeah, and then very the intro is he's in the desert, Lawrence of Arabia, and he kills right. the high table, the elder. The oh, elder pause, yeah. pause, 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 right. pause, pause. The opening scene of this film. Now we were in the front row, like you guys keep saying, and we keep talking yeah. about cheap IMAX, great seats, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Guys, is Keanu oh, yeah. Reeves punching a wooden Moku gen right. as he Extremely is doing loud. strength hand training? The base. My heartbeat, I could feel it skip as he would make contact with the wood. Yes, I was like, like a oh. shot. at one point, I theater, shut my eyes. Sound mix I was wonder, just a too loud. I don't, but it's mm-hmm. only that opening scene that's that way. Jacob, I yeah. think they are evoking that literally his fists are gunshots. Yeah. I think truly, and I don't mean like in a silly way. I think what they're equating to is like, this is the deadliest human being who has ever existed. And we're showing you 
he is back at a hundred percent for the thrill ride you are about to go through. Yeah, because he was training all through three. Ready. Yeah, he kind of had to go into hiding. So now he's yes healed a little bit. Yeah, and it's time to go. The Bowery King comes in, and all he does is set the ground on John on fire around him, and John continues to drain in the fire. And he just says hail to the king or something. Yeah, it's like ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> you know. But uh, um, yeah, then we start with our our first act, I guess, proper Osaka. Yeah, I just want to mention one thing. So like you said, it's so location based. And that's actually what I thought was really cool that, with the structure of this movie compared to like two and three, where they try to put him in, in interesting scenarios like, oh, John Wick's going to run into this old like antique shop and put together this this whole pistol from old pistols and then like throw a bunch of knives and stuff. Mm-hmm. This one feels like. We're just going to put him in like cool locations and just yes. stage the fight in interesting ways, like a super long staircase uh, or, you know, Osaka, the opening, uh, which we're about to talk about. Uh, yeah. Awesome the, location as well. The press Chad Seleski did for the third one was we're at the point where what I want to accomplish as a director is to make the people in my life happy. Like I, I went to Keanu and said, write down whatever you think a cool action scene would be and we will figure it out and he wrote horses versus motorcycles like things like jacob is saying where he's like just the idea is so cool now you truly believe in this film that it's like well you know where has no one been killed before on screen like them just going like what is just point to anywhere on the globe and you tell me that they've got a fucking rave going on in a fucking warehouse basement and we will kill people in that warehouse basement. Yeah, yeah. In the first three, we're primarily New York based. Oh, third had virtually all. Italy. Casablanca, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, We haven't had this many locations in a single jungle. No, no. We're really really hopping around the globe here. And uh, and so like you're saying, Mike, with, with the opening in the Osaka Continental, right? Mm-hmm. And this is because Winston, even though he shot John Wick at the end of three, the high table's like, look, you still harbored him. Your your hotel's fucked. You're no longer the owner. And they end up killing the concierge um, as, you know, reparations. So now the Continental's done and John has to go somewhere. And he has an old friend um, over at uh, Osaka Continental. Yes. And that's kind of where we catch up with John going to c- try to get some help with one of the few allies he has left willing to take a that's chance right. on him in this world. Hiroyuki Sonata, who is another uh, actor that just shows up in a lot, like he's a he's he's in a lot of uh, martial arts type. He's in Mortal movie. Kombat. He uh, yeah, did mainly samurai based yeah. Japanese era. Yeah, and yeah. but he's in a lot of uh, Western stuff just in the last you know ten to fifteen years, where he's sort of he pops up in a lot of stuff. Like he was even in Avengers: uh, Infinity War, just popped up in a small part and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's, uh, you know, when uh, uh, Hawkeye goes and kills a bunch of uh, like Yakuza members when he's doing he's his like, there. you know, dark phase. Yeah, he was uh, working he, for the Continental during that period. There's a whole yeah, tie right. in with that's MCU right. and John Wick. The same that's neon right. light. Yeah, Flint get, uh, pushes over a gold coin. <laughs> exactly. exactly. What a, great, a great actor to show up in this. And him and Donnie Yen have some really great scenes together. Uh, and also his daughter uh, in this, who I need to remember her, the actress's name. Rina Sawayama. The pop Venus star from Sayama. England. Yeah. Yes. Sawa, yeah. And she was awesome as well. Like her action Sawa, scenes, yeah. incredible. Um, yeah, she's the daughter of Hiroki Sonata's character, um, Shimazu, I believe, in this. And so and she's, she's his concierge, concierge as well. Him. Yeah. Correct. So she's like telling him, you know, you got this meaning, this meaning. 
Uh, they're, you know, the continental forces or whatever that show up, they're looking for John Wick, that the high table people, John yeah. Wick's hiding in, you know, in, uh, Osaka, uh, and shit hits the and, fan essentially like really yes. plot is that he's hiding out and then they send, they send a bunch of dudes from the high table with their bulletproof suits and these cool Oni masks, special forces guys. And it's on, it's Osaka continental versus the world with John and, um, Akira gets in on the action, you know, she We got the Osaka the guards that, that all have, you know, uh, uh, swords and everything and katanas yep. and they're just fucking all out. Yes, we get a big set piece here. You know, yeah. the Osaka guards are using like uh, bow and arrows and stuff. So you have a bulletproof suit, but like an arrow still works or something. I don't know. It's just interesting. You got to get between well, the armor points. And even when they're an arrow them, shot, like, you know, them. two inches yeah. from your neck into yeah. your neck. It's like, ah. But there's some, I mean, we, we, we raved about the, the single arrow choreography in Prey. And again, that's excellent. But this is just like, there's some crazy stuff going on. Like Rina Sawamoto's like choking people with the bowstring. And like, there's, there's again, the choreography's on another level. So what do you, I guess, generally, yes. what do we think of this whole, it's a long sequence too, because we have like it, lobby, and, the and, glass and, awesome. and, yeah, and beyond that, Mike, yes, it's, it's worth it to minutes. say the, the landscape of everything is like, we're walking through a freezer. You're seeing like, traditional yakuza guys like mm-hmm. drinking a bunch of sake Smoking like things. doing a bunch of like honor bows to him and stuff yeah. and like you're watching them gear up and it's totally different gear than everybody else they're getting like hatchets and swords and stuff you're watching a suit two sumo wrestler bodyguards you know like prepare to fend people off yep. like the the influences now where you're just like i, I mean again I, I guess it's kind of worth to say the director thinking like this might be the last time we do this. Like you kind of get the feeling that he's just like, I don't know. Like, of course there should be samurai in it. Like, of course there should be sumo wrestlers. He's like, Oh, this should, every type of person should fight John wick in this movie. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It's a great way to sort of open the action. Um, there's neon lighting everywhere. It's, it's just like gorgeous well shot. Yeah. The yeah. location. I mean, if that's not real, I would love to go to that club. If it's something, yeah. if it's just stages that they created for this, the set designer is a, amazing what they accomplished for this Oh, yeah. Film. When you see John yeah. on the roof with that cherry blossom, man, that's like such a striking shot. And then just even the interiors, the glass case room with all the artifacts and stuff. There's, it's, it's really, really well done. Yeah. You're getting good comedy of that guy can't come here. Wherever he comes, there's death. Right, of course. John, how are you? <laughs> yeah, how he you immediately doing? goes to a meeting with right. his best friend. Yeah, and then in addition to these the high table forces, we also have Donnie Yen showing up, mm-hmm. who's you know who's on a mission to kill John Wick. Uh, he is blind, as we mentioned. He has a cane, and his fighting style is that you know the the blind master trope yes. of uh, mm-hmm. you know he's kind of he's feeling around with his cane. He's putting doorbells on things that so was really fun the motion sensors and stuff like but yeah it's, it was awesome. blind swordsman trope but yeah it's very cool he's got a sword in his cane you know like a straight you know more chinese style straight sword i guess than a curved katana so we're getting a lot of a lot of references to many things but yeah he's a blind swordsman trope i love the little doorbells to like let him know where enemies were and he's just tearing yeah. it up with a you know and he's like daredevil you know his his other senses are heightened because he's blind so he can use the sound and, and all kinds of things to know where people are yeah how I deadly mean, was this guy before he gave up his eyes exactly right man wild um he's got his turtleneck though he's out here rocking it him and john have a have a really oh, good yeah, uh super back and forth for is, that a, a bit. <laughs> is that a bulletproof turtleneck is that kevlar mike I it's hope gotta so. be yeah 
But then he's uh, just wearing this white turtleneck with like Prada shades most of the movie, just looking super cool. He he looks really cool. Yeah. He looks yeah. incredible. <laughs> His whole personality. Shut the fuck up. You know, like, I I was saying to Jacob in our car ride home, which I'll keep referencing because I would not shut up apparently this whole car ride. <laughs> But now, Mike, when we're introduced to Donnie Yen and he's listening to his daughter play on the on the violin, he has this shaggy hair. He's kind of dirty. You know, he's just kind of like we said, he's retired. He's kind of laid back. He's whatever. He gets this cleaned up transformation when he goes to killer mode where he looks so good. I was remarking to Jacob, every photo we see of the Baba Yaga in this quote unquote John Wick Mm-hmm. Uh, like when you're watching the lady track him later and his movement and stuff, and they're using sort of this headshot of him to sort of you know triangulate his location and sort of keep the audience abreast. Mm-hmm. To me, that must be the last photo people have of the Baba Yaga before he retired. The long hair that we know Keanu famous for for this franchise in particular, that is the unkept gross John Wick, and he just <laughs> never cleaned himself up because like if the daughter was dead. Donnie Yen wouldn't get the haircut, but the fact that John Wick's wife's gone, he does not care. And like we keep saying, this whole movie is literally, I have something to live for. You have some, you have nothing to live for. There's a difference in how we're approaching this world now because of that worldview. Yeah. yeah. The, the and line I always is, thought that. Well, just to quote Donnie Yen on underlining Colin's point, you know, a, a good death can only happen after a good life. That's kind of the <laughs> right. thing, right? But go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. It's kind of been the whole, his whole arc through these four movies is that his wife was his living, you know, reason to live. And after she died, he got this puppy that was like, you know, kind of, you know, uh, something to live for, I guess, or to protect a representation then, of her. Yes. Love. And then when yeah. that puppy was killed, you know, it just broke him. And he's like, the only thing I had to live for now is to get revenge. So once he finishes revenge, I always thought that he probably, it probably would end with, uh, you know, spoiler alert, maybe uh, foreshadowing him mm-hmm. dying. Like I always thought that was the natural conclusion to his arc is that once he's accomplished what he wanted to accomplish, he would just die basically because he has nothing else to live for. And seeing where he's come in this journey, really his, and this is a point that this is perfect, Jacob, actually leading up to the end of the Osaka segment. We can always go back and touch on stuff. But the, the finale of that is John is always bringing in people and it's always bad for them. You yes, know, anyone he touches basically yes. is yeah. at risk of basically dying. Yeah, he's kind of cursed in that way. Yes. Yep. So that happens here, and and um, Akira, you know, Shimazu's daughter, isn't happy that John Wick's there. She's like, I fucking knew it, right? And she even tells her dad, yeah. and he's like, No, nah, I'm going to be loyal to my guy. And then at the end, we get Donnie Yen versus Hiroyuki Sonata, and it's an awesome fight, but that doesn't turn out too great for. Uh, and he's already John injured, so it's like. Yeah, he's at yeah. a disadvantage going up against Donnie Yen. Uh, it's a good fight, but ultimately Donnie Yen's just too powerful for him. And mm-hmm. uh, now his daughter has this revenge grudge against Donnie Yen for killing her dad. So yeah, it we don't kind of see... makes the cycle repeat. Correct. So she's mad about that, even though like John, Donnie Yen and John Wick are kind of buddies. It's it's this cycle. And, uh, you know, she, she's kind of gone for the rest of the plot until, you know, the end when we'll bring up some stuff where this might be going in the future. But yeah, she's yeah. really pissed off by that. She's mad at John. She's mad at Donnie Yen. Like, this whole thing could have been avoided if we just didn't bring John Wick over here. So she is not pleased. But I do need to say she did a great job with the action in this. I really yeah. think... Um, Her you know, choreography was great. Too. It's yep. very dancerly. Yeah, it's very, like, graceful and just like... She has flip. some sort of um, single... Mike, you said she's a British pop star. Is that correct? A rapper? Yeah, she's like, she's like a singer. She's like a British singer. singer. She ha- she did um uh the 
end credit song for this movie as well, which will be in the. Oh my the god, that's incredible! That was a very good song. She and has a music video eye. called. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. She has a music video, I believe, called X that Chad Stileski said he saw, and there is combat in it, dance while performing, and she said mm. those are the three things this character needs to be able to pull that off. That's incredible. So, like we said, she's making her debut in this. I thought she was great. Crushes it. Crushes it. And, and even her scenes with uh, Hiroki Sonata when they're just talking, like she's delivering her lines really well and just like. Yeah, I liked it. I and there's yeah, good they're... writing too, like him saying, mm-hmm. like, why do I have penciled in like uh, a, a dinner with my daughter? And we don't know their relationship yet. Yeah, she's that's sort of, of implying being like, yeah. because your daughter misses you and wants to spend time with you. He's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's th- nice. That stuff is sweet. And even though it's kind of just in the beginning act, like, again, it yes. hints at this larger world of this Osaka side. Like, there's so much cool stuff. And she's a great character. And we'll, we'll get to the end credit stuff. But maybe the song, An Eye for an Eye is more literal than we, we'd realize. Um, but uh, I hope we see more of her character. We'll see where this goes. But that's, you know, Osaka, John's on the run again, and he um, got his buddy killed again. Yeah, good. so he has Not to good. leave. Time to go. Leaves Japan, goes up and meets with... Uh, is this when he meets with Ian McShane and stuff and uh, the Bowery King, Lawrence Fishburne? And, They're um, going to Germany now. We yeah. should say... Yeah. We introduce the marquee, but his sort of side of the story is at this point, he has destroyed our beloved Continental, which mm-hmm. itself has become excommunicado, as brought on by Clancy Brown's Harbinger character. Yes. Uh, the marquee is using the resources of the high table to corner and trap John Wick. He has nothing uh, that he can't use at his disposal. It's just endless, right? The marquee. He's and off the leash. Yeah. He's off the leash. He's punished our our beloved manager, uh, Ian McShane's character, uh, by taking away Sharon, the concierge. He has killed Lance Reddick in the opening act, devastating everyone alive right now because it is so absolutely tragic. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wild, wild situation. Like we get a death scene is his last scene on this movie. And just to say about Lance Reddick, he was such a incredible actor everything he was in he just really elevated even if it was a small part or anything like he was just had such a presence that i just loved him anytime he was in anything so even in oh, netflix's resident evil he's the best thing in it like, yeah, 100 100 <laughs> and jacob uh we used to weekly watch together american horror story i didn't know this one of the last seasons you and i watched together the witches one you know the the one with the girl school of magical witches Sure. Uh, he plays the voodoo king Papa Legba for 30 oh. seconds in a scene with Angela Bassett. I didn't yeah. know it was him. That has stuck with me since I watched it. That character is so good. To, so to find that out when he passed, I'm just like, oh, like you said, everything this guy touched, it's yeah. insane. And he was in uh, a show that I love, The Wire, one of the best shows ever made. And it really sucks, you know, losing, uh, uh, you know, two actors from that, both young, you know, not super old, you know, before they should have, you know, gone, uh, Michael K. Williams and uh, uh, Lance Reddick. And it's just really tough because he was, he played, he was the the police captain in that. And he just had such this commanding presence in every scene that he was in. He like 
he was like 25 percent of reason why that show was good so it's just crazy oh. you know 60 far too young and he was in great shape too which is why it's like scary because you just never know you could have some kind of heart defect or or, or what even the cause oh. of death was i don't know but ah, it just reminds this you tragic you know, now, life is finite. But anyway, in, yes. in revenge to this incredible loss of Sharon, Winston, our manager in McShane's character, is just so devastated and so just uh, aghast of everything going on that he concocts the plan with John of a duel. You will do a duel against the Marquis. Two members sponsored, you know, by the by families can accomplish this. And as we know, of course, it is not just that John Wick is excommunicado. He's also had his ticket pulled, cut, torn. Uh, punched. What was it? What were torn. these? Torn. torn. There's a myth different than a marker. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. has had his ticket torn, which of course means he has lost the affiliation of a major crime family, which again, you're never... What we should say we love, or at least I love personally, is that you're never fully getting the the outline of what all these rules mean, but you're inferring things like, right, so if you're if you've lost sponsorship from one of these major families that involves you in all the crime business, then you cannot partake in the crime business. You've lost the yeah. favor of the gods, essentially. The and cult yes. of Athena. You gotta go join that now, right? If you wanna get <laughs> in the, the Mike. It's so world good. Building. I love, love it. it. <laughs> I think a, a sign of good world building in like a franchise like this is that it hints at this larger scale and scope of the world, but you don't always see, you don't see everything. You know, it's focused on this story of John Wick, but also it's just hinting at all this larger stuff going on, which is just makes it really intriguing. Yeah. So one of the aspects we learn here is there's a way to get back into a family you know you can get kind yes. of brought back in so that's what spurns them to go to germany we need to get you in a family so you can say hey marquee one v one me scrub yeah in chapter three parabellum john wick is revealed to actually be giovanni giordani giovanni yes i believe oh, is his, a, his real name he is a in uh is, you know, he's born in belarus or whatever and um, raised by the Ruscaroma. The Ruscaroma, and that nice. is a real major collective, predominantly of the or the, the largest collection of Romani people, I believe, in Europe. So if I'm saying any of right. this wrong, since it is sort of a real group, mm-hmm. fully apologize. Yeah. I want everyone to know we're talking about the fictional Ruscaroma in, in the John Wick universe. Mm-hmm. Angelica Houston in the third movie playing sort of the matriarch of his family. Uh, she's the one who tears his ticket. She's training these ballerinas. Uh, so, um, yeah, and that's a spinoff cool. we're getting with Anna de Armas. That's you know, right. So. Exactly. And that's tearing right. the ticket in this instance so is what exists. bought him, <laughs> bought him the freedom to travel to Casablanca and to go to this other continental to get the help of Halle Berry, who had a marker on. Watch that movie, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that sets up this point, which is now, well, but Winston. I'm not part of the Ruscarome anymore. How could I challenge the high table? Yes. And Winston incites him to go to Germany and go to the head of the Ruscarome, where they are all, go home, Jonathan. Go, Jonathan, go home to your family. Let's get uh, Jonathan. And, and yeah. to return, that was pretty good. To return to his people to somehow earn a place back, a replacement ticket, I guess, which would allow him to duel the marquee. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so what he has to do is basically finds out that the head of this tribe was recently killed by 
uh, Scott Adkins, of course, the the this German guy that we're gonna we're gonna name meet. Killer. Uh, <laughs> what was his name? Killer. Killer. He was killed okay, by yeah, Killer, and now Killa she took Killa. over. Yeah. Yes, uh, and this is his sort of adopted sister. And I'm not. I don't know this actress's name. Please enlighten us, Jake. Natalia this, this Tena. She was in Game of Thrones. She played the wildling lady that hangs out. Brand. It's not Harry Potter too, isn't she? She was in Tonks. Harry Potter. She was Tonks in Harry Potter as well. A huge yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. yeah people yeah. love Fan Tonks. I, we love this actor. She's great. And what a performance where she comes in, and you're immediately like, "Oh yeah, that is John Wick's sister." <laughs> like, yeah, she's, bad. like the energy up, like, is like they perfect. all are, you know, with the yeah. Russian accent and everything. And like you said, and she's got this great scene where she's there. You know, John Wick's in this noose, and they're like torturing him with this noose basically they're reverse hanging him, him. <laughs> they're pulling yeah. him up he is yeah. seated and, and he's tied, getting strangled yeah, yeah. up it is fascinating yeah, yeah but essentially this is a video game now and they're like okay you got to do one quest for us and we'll let right. you in so that's why he has to go and meet scott atkins killa um and that's Who, where we get our next kind of big action scene yeah he's playing this crazy german character fat suit gold teeth crazy like white suit like this degenerate gambler kind of guy uh and we got our next big action set piece set in this berlin nightclub that is like insane looking right i want to pause you guys for one second to talk about scott atkins are are either of you guys familiar with his work only a little bit yeah yeah i i'm a big action movie fan and for a long time, people always say things like, why isn't there a new Jean-Claude Van Damme or, or Arnold or Sly or, or Dolph or, you know, these, these mm-hmm. lower tier action stars. And the truth is, the model has changed so much that there's not necessarily these direct-to-DVD action stars anymore, but there are direct-to-streamers. And there is the red box action hero that is Scott Atkins. I mean, he is... Like a Jean-Claude, he is an incredible martial arts performer who primarily is known for his franchise, Undisputed, which is like an MMA in prison movie. Like he fights Mm -hmm. Quentin Rampage Jackson in one of them. They're not great. But he also takes over the Universal Soldier franchise from uh, from uh, Jean-Claude and who's who's in with him as well in those films. And I think those are great. Yeah. Nice. Well, I did see some press with Keanu Reeves where he was. They asked him like, "Oh, what was it like to work with these like two great MMA masters like Hiroyuki Sonata and Donnie Yen?" He's like, "I have to correct you. It's three. You're forgetting about Scott Adkins, who's also mm. like this MMA, you know, legend." So yeah, it's pretty high praise from were, Keanu. Great. There for years, people would just do these fan casts of, well. If Batman's the greatest martial arts in DC, Scott Atkins should play Batman. And it's fun for fans to say, but the reality is he is one of these made for TV movie stars. Like it's he never really was gonna be a big box office star or do these things. Right. Now, when he finally got cast in a comic book movie, he played like henchman number three in the first Doctor Strange film where he plays. Do you guys remember the fight where he astro projects out of his body and has to fight one of the other followers? That's Scott Atkins. People were like, Marvel's wasting him. He needs to. I'm not kidding about what I'm about to say. He needs to come back and be the Black Panther. People will be like, the Black Panther, he's a white guy. And they'll be like, what? well, he should be the guy in the suit playing the book because he should be a martial arts. And you just be uh, like, sure. look, the physical, I understand yeah. 
what you people want. It's never going to work. And I truly thought that forever. And now here we are in a huge blockbuster where he doesn't kind of get to look like himself, but he does well, get to do Scott Adkins stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what's hilarious is like, we're like, we're going to put him in this movie, but he's going to have this crazy like makeup and fat suit. And it reminded me a lot of Colin Farrell, the penguin in, in Batman. Yeah, like, yeah. Colin Farrell. Penguin energy. Yeah. We just need to have someone come in and, and wear like a crazy fat suit in every action movie, I guess. Again, yeah, it's a comic book now. And, and we get it. We do get a cool scene at the card table. You know, we get that's classic Western, right? We get a yes, game of cards. 100%. Yes, right? um, with all, our, all our heroes together, Mike. Absolutely. Good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah, we have John Wick. We have um, Kane and the track are all there. Dogs there and they're doing the card thing. Obviously, it doesn't go the way they want. And then a big fight breaks out. Um, big fight. And the big surprise is Scott Atkins is surprisingly limber for a man of his stature. Yeah. You know? And he's <laughs> yeah, he's fighting. And it's hilarious how, you know, people are just dancing. It's like a crazy rave. It's another people dance club like murder crazy party. Yeah. While people drugs. are just getting murdered around them. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, we don't hey, care. Man, clubbing dancing. in Germany is different. You know, they're built different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but again, another crazy location, lots of like water features and stuff and like different ways they use the environment. They like, you know, get thrown through glass and, and off, you know, ledges and, and whatnot. Yep. And Filmed really, really well. cool choreography. Yeah, the yeah. water and silhouette. Yeah. Great. Uh, another great action scene. Um, we find then. out that Hilla was tipped off by the Rescaroma that John Wick was coming. Uh, your family sold you out because they want favor from me. And you're like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah. And John does what he does. He kills Killa. That does not, nothing stops him. You can tell people that he's coming. No. It doesn't matter. No, <laughs> yeah. no. He's the Baba Yaga. He's the Baba Yaga. He takes this trophy of these golden teeth we've been seeing so prominently because, of mm-hmm. course, the Rescoroma said, bring back proof of his death. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he returns, he gets his ticket reinstated. Now, this is the process we learned that he is resealed. He is given another seal or sigil of their family, mm-hmm. which is this burning urn that you have to like jam your skin onto. Fucking yeah. rules. And I've seen. So John's like another... missing a finger. He's like got a finger as payment before. Third I mean, degree <laughs> burns all over. Yeah. yeah. Um, th- there was a martial arts movie I saw. I can't remember the name, but it was like the final trial was the burning cauldron, like spirit, tr- trial of spirit. And you had to with both arms and then lift it up and then put it down. And that was like, yeah. you would have, been Oh, that branded. might be kickboxer. It could be, it could be that something like that, but it's definitely a reference to something. And having Scott Atkins here to just underline this really quick. This series is like a love letter to action movies. And you know, and yes. like, you got a, a who's who, and it's not even it's who's who did you never hear of that? You should have Scott Atkins. So like, they're clearly fans Absolutely. of the genre and bringing in everybody totally. they think is relevant. Yeah. You know? So great, great stuff. So he, you know, gets his ticket reinstated, goes to Paris to meet with the Marquis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, I want to kill you. Marquis wants to kill him, obviously. <laughs> they uh, they agree to a duel. They, they <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Too. I want to kill you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's have, an old rule. And then the Harbinger's like, technically, he's right. It's an old rule. And the Marquis is like, well, shit, you know. And to Yu-Gi-Oh. which he says, yeah. uh, well, I know another old rule. I can call in a, a substitute. I could tag in my friend of here. And he reinstates his champion, Kane, who, of course, is still following him to this point, but they just keep evading each other. And, and Mr. Like, Nobody as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kane is hired by the Marquis as well as Mr. Nobody. Uh, that's the whole thing to, to kill John Wick. But Kane doesn't want to do it. He's like, no, I don't want to fucking do that. He's, and he's basically forced to by, again, this contract that he has. 
Um, and then it, they it have creates... these cards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The Go cards ahead. are setting up the circumstances of the duel, correct? Yeah. So it's interesting. Yes. I thought that was a very cool scene. Where like, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, what, what time do you want to fight? And they each contestant says what they prefer. And then they turn over cards. And whoever has the highest number wins that. And then they say, like, oh, what... What Location. method of 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 uh, fighting, like swords, pistols, and that kind of the, thing. The, right? But yeah. no, but Jacob, it's not like that because the only thing that's missing from these movies is I love to hear the other options. I sure. love when they do say like, "Is it going to be swords, pistols, tridents, uh, <laughs> hand grenades?" And you're sort of like, "Whoa, what, what if he'd picked hand grenades?" But no, yeah. instead, it's just sort of, "What do you think?" And it's just these very shrewd curt answers from both of them. Yes, pencils would have been incredible. That would be great if it was on pencils. the list. Yeah, just throws it. <laughs> He's got a lot of experience with pencils. That would be incredible. Donnie Yen gets a pencil. Donnie Yen too. Donnie Yen does an homage yeah. in this one. Do his best he, friend. He's like, "I got you, fam." He's the one who but they settle on, you know, dueling pistols uh, at 30 paces. Um, classic, obviously, another Western homage, the duel at dawn. Uh, yep. You love so to see it, right? Once that's set, then it's like, OK, Don, we're going to do this thing. And meanwhile, the Marquis like, all right, I'm going to send everybody I have after you to make it so that you do not arrive on time, because if you don't yes. arrive on time, you're fucked. So he's sending everything he has is, at John. Mike, but yeah, little, this is where it's getting John hazy for me. Why did that high up? That's, yeah, absolutely. But why yeah. is Mr. Nobody calling to negotiate for what should essentially be his own private rate, but instead he's like, no, keep putting that bounty up higher and higher to incentivize everyone to go after him. Because See, that, that means not nothing worth it to him. At the, at the level it's at, it's like 18 million. He's like, I want it to be higher so I more money when I kill him. So he's trying to get the price raised. But it's just like, That's for you me. Don't say give everybody forty. Hire me. Me. Marquis is bound by the rules of the high table to be like okay. you have to pay. You have to get you get the bounty. That's an answer. The high table set that, I right? appreciate That's, that answer, Jake. That's a I mean, perfectly That's plausible answer. Since he's part of the whole system. He's, right? he's yeah. He's still under them. He's you know, under the table. Or he's under the table. He's yeah. their proxy. But um. So the whole city is after John, and this is where we get some of the most exciting action sequences I've ever seen. There's like maybe three yes. key ones, but this is also a reference to the Warriors. We get little assassin radio. Hey, assassins, yeah. we got some John Wickington to go get, you know? And He's in this ooh, location. He's at the ooh, Arctic cats. Triumph, and no All one has killed him yet. Boppers know that if you're this a snooty a French guy. <laughs> yeah, some shit like that. But uh, so, yeah, we get these. Well, this, this is finale sequence. This is what's confusing to me, though. So. Yeah. I, I appreciate the action set piece of it all, but, but plot. so they Let's meet go. beforehand and then John Wick leaves and then he has to come back, but he has to walk through like the whole city of Paris. They're not, he has to, church. he has to get to the location because they are yeah. not at the location, the place that but they the choose ends up at the location and he didn't have to like walk through the city and get and kill them. Well, there's no bounty on him. He's uh, not, yeah, in trouble. Yeah. But that's the, that's what I don't understand. Like why this is the closest they why can get. They take the a duel. boat and Ian McShane, Ian McShane drops him off. But like, that's the closest you could get. I didn't, I didn't. Well, he, he, no, no, no. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse yes. me. You're jumping over all the things I want to talk about, <laughs> which is the Bowery King comes back. He yes. says his fourth line in this movie, earning him fourth billing. God bless you, Lawrence Fishburne. Your agent must be fucking phenomenal. That is incredible. Sure. You're paying for Morpheus and Neo talking like that is that is what you're paying for. Yeah. Uh, And he says, here's your suit. Uh, And and we get this man a gun. 
somebody get this man a gun and then he shows him off the the best killing weapon ever introduced apparently yeah, yeah. and they get on this boat and it truly seems like at this point screenwriter shay hayton who came onto this franchise last film in in a writing capacity and is now also writing the ballerina spinoff. But of course, we know him for being the sole credited screenwriter on Zack Snyder's zombie Las Vegas extravaganza. Oh, Maybe not my favorite screenwriter. To Someone exist, needed to pay off a boat. Enjoy his John Wick fare. Mm-hmm. Seems like his memory is jogged to be like, you know what? We should mention John Wick's wife here. It's <laughs> like we if we're about to land this plane, let's bring mm-hmm. it full circle, right? Yeah. Well, that, she was kind of the anchor of the at least the beginning of his arc. He's sort of moved past that now because it's just gotten to the scale of like everyone's out to get him and stuff, but that's still kind of his anchor to like yes. you know, wanting to get revenge and that's now extended to like he wants to kill the entire high table to basically get revenge. He wants to kill the world and again, conceptually mm-hmm. you can feel the screenwriters being like, "Well, what does that mean exactly?" And they're like, "Right, right, right, right." It's like yeah. you, you, we do right. have to you know manifest the high table somehow as somebody but in this moment we get this great exchange with winston the bowery king and john wick where winston confesses putting something on sharon's headstone has been like the struggle he's been going through and what he landed on was a good friend and of course the bowery king wants us to know that his will say long live the king because of course he is the bowery king absolutely We get this incredible. Oh, and we get what John wants, right? We get this incredible moment where John admits what he wants. And again, it is the full circle of the franchise. It is him saying his heart and desire is that he's a good husband. He hopes he would be a good husband. And that's a loving husband. That's what he would like it to say. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this really uh, harkens back to the beginning of the franchise. When you see, uh, his wife's gravestone, it says loving wife on it. Helen, Ugh. Helen Wick, loving mm. wife. So he wants his to say loving husband. They'll be next to each other. Baba Yaga. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. And then you, we hear the Bowery King a man needs to look his best, whether he's getting <laughs> married or buried, you know, and it's like, okay, and what's going to happen. Right. I'm so glad you reminded me of that Mike, because that is truly <laughs> one of the best lines ever. And just That's for that, Lawrence Fishburne, he earned that billing. Just <laughs> and he for essentially that. goes <laughs> from a black suit with a black shirt to a black suit with a white shirt with a black tie. Correct. To, to Mike's cowboy motif. It is, we are, be, and we're losing the turtleneck on Kang and he is also going to the full traditional route. And it is these two white knights who have to face each other despite don't want to kill each other yeah despite the conflict ahead of them it's they're not mm-hmm. fighting over a princess or a queen or anything they are two men who are fighting with honor against because a cause that they don't believe in unfortunately yes because of bad circumstances and it's, but, it's yeah. beautiful and we see in the opening of the film, John's in the all black suit chasing people in all white. So like it's it's already right. indicating, hey, maybe he's gone too far with this whole revenge thing. You know, and I think it's a conscious choice, like you said, Jacob, that he finally like Luke Skywalker, that little triangle of white yes. in Return yes. of the Jedi, the white Absolutely. shirt. Again, you around. feel that mo- you almost get John Wick's egg Java, like as he's like like, like Jess Lesky's <laughs> like, yeah, fucking put it in. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah I love you will it, let though. him I love go. The symbolism. <laughs> yes. Um, again, yeah, like huge Western motifs and everything. So, um, I love it, but he's got to travel across all of Paris. He's got to go through the Arc de Triomphe. He's got to go through all these iconic locations in Paris, eventually culminating in a giant staircase that seemingly goes on forever that he's got to climb up, 
get thrown down, climb up again, fight a bunch of people. Uh, and like you said, you know, some of the best, and we didn't even mention the best sequence, the overhead yeah, no, extended think, one yeah, take shot, right? Climax. Yeah. I mean, if we get the cars, we get John Wick yeah. drifting while shooting a gun with no doors. Incredible. That's right. And Being I saw him behind King. the scenes doing that for real. Like he was oh literally doing that. Keanu, uh, yeah, famously a huge uh, car and motorcycle enthusiast, loves driving and stuff. He so. gets to do both in this, yeah. the motorcycle and a car. I wondered if this was his brand, the two motorcycles we see. But let's let's stay on this. I'll let you guys finish your action rant on the stuff, but no, no, just real quick on the Keanu behind the scenes front. Now, very famously, a clip shared on uh, news media of the first look at John Wick Chapter 4 was... Can you believe what a good person Keanu Reeves is? Here's footage bystanders oh, took of him carrying film equipment. equipment stuff up this strange location. They keep walking up these stairs and it seems like they're just going up and down. And when I yeah. think about now that like we all saw that and what it culminates to in the movie, I'm like, that is so incredible. It's right. so fun. Well, what a nice guy. I saw that on Twitter like after I saw the movie and people were talking about it. And some people are like, oh, you know, people shouldn't just thank him. Like, that's like the bare minimum. And then it's like, no, it's really not. Like, it's, act- most if you've been on a film that. set, no, yeah. no, no, it's one, legally, a lot it's of them sort of can't because of, it's kind of yeah. against union rules. You have to be this sort of certain level to, to touch gear, to help. Not my department. Yeah. It's something you hear a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But being number one on the call sheet helps to be able to say, I have influence and power. And a lot of people just usually do that as, didn't you see the in and out truck I ordered for you guys? Good night. When I'm wrapping right. six hours before carrying you that shit yeah. up that huge hill with all the stairs. Like if I was a crew on that film, I'd be so like happy. I'd be like, I would be so talking about it for the rest of my life. Yeah. What a nice yeah. guy he is. So, so my French is bad, but this is the Sacre Coeur, and it's 220 steps. I just had to look it up. I don't know something. Damn. So, not only the scene is crazy, but yeah, carrying gear up. You know. We've done multiple nights. Yeah. You filmed that over multiple nights, multiple takes, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So credit to him. Nice guy. And he also got everybody like gifts at the, every like crew member gifts after this was done. So like. What a great guy. Nice guy. <laughs> Johnny. Great guy. We love but you. Then playing the most unstoppable badass. Like, thank yeah. God he is a nice guy in real life. Because if he wanted to, he could actually assassinate all of us. Like he is that 100%. good at these. That's how much he trains to go with like all yes, stunt work. Like. He's incredibly good at martial arts. Probably the, and the best gun. at reloading guns in the world. Probably like I no would one say, can reload a gun like him, right? I would even he say can also holding. do stunt driving. He could do yeah. sword stuff yeah. from Forty Seven Ronin. Like his whole career is reading right off this horse. He can use nunchucks. We didn't even say the nunchucks. He can use nunchucks, the best <laughs> nunchucks. Nunchuck. I read online that he did like 95 percent of his own stunts on this one. Uh, the one thing he He's didn't 57? do. Yeah, he's he's getting old. He's like Tom Cruise. He loves to do his own, own stunts, uh, but he is getting older. The one thing he didn't Johnny do is the big scene where he falls down all the steps forever, uh, which okay. is a hilarious scene, of course. Um, yeah, 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 incredible. Our yeah. audience got nervous about it. People were people were going. upset. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, yeah, let's take this time and break down our action that pieces yeah like you said we start with the cars drift king um getting hit by cars <laughs> all kinds of crazy shit going on yeah it's yeah. wild
but eventually moves to this indoor location where it starts. It's a it's a tracking shot. Uh, I'm assuming using Steadicam or or, or something. Drone, but it even. moves to an to an overhead shot. And it's like a video game. Like it's like a top down video game where you're going through this whole building and he's just fucking annihilating people. He's got the uh, dragon's breath shotgun Shotgun, thing. It's just like lighting, like he's like shooting fire. Emulsive ammunition that just ignites you the second it hits you. on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It it is a video game. But but still doing the John Wick thing of the action that you've come to know. And like Jacob said, so many films have repeated of the confirmation kills. Sometimes it's not enough that he's hitting you with the dragon's breath and part of you is going off. He'll still get that headshot. He'll still yeah. finish you when you're on the That's ground. The, the precision, the tactical, yes. It just Double feels, tap. everything feels so direct and purposeful. And when yeah. you have this top-down view, like this is probably like one of the standout action scenes I've ever seen. Like you can really ever. tell oh, the yeah. geography of who's approaching him and what angles or threats and to see him respond and tactically like position himself in a big one take it, it's incredible yeah. to be clever enough to shoot set. through walls yeah. yeah they built this whole set for this obviously and he's doing destruction to the set like while he shoot like because that that gun is fucking just destroying walls and stuff and to think they sh- did this one take like that would have been so hard to shoot like i wonder how many takes it took to get the right one you know? I, can't, I can't i i had written in my notes that I, I initially said, you know what? I think the stairs fight is our answer to uh, old boys hallway. Hallway. But you know what? Mm. This is probably even more impressive in some ways. Just this from a technical down, standpoint, it's incredible. Yeah. Impressive just to plan all that out. Choreography. It's a wonder. Fire effects, uh, destruction of the set. It's like to get everything just right. Like it would have been so hard to shoot. If like. it's a programmed crane, if it's a drone, I would love to know. It just seems like like whoever created it was like, and I'll take my paycheck now. This is the thing I contributed to film history. Thank you very much. Yeah. Get Chad some bigger directing gigs. Do you see what he's doing? Right. That that scene is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And it just keeps ramping up. You thought cars were crazy, then this wonder, and then we get the stairs. And that's the whole thing in itself. Dan- Donnie Yen is essentially like, yo, dude, I don't want to kill you, right? But you got to get up these stairs before yeah. six sunrise or you're fucked. Yeah, he so Donnie him. Yen's kind of helping him at this point uh, ascend. And the, the, the futility of, you know, he, he gets to the bottom of the stairs. And so the last thing he has to do before he gets to this church is he looks up at all the stairs. And it's just endless stairs. And then he sees a bunch of guys show up. He's like, not only am I, am I going to have to climb all these stairs, I'm going to have to fight all these guys. And it's just like, he's just like size. And it's just like, man, John Wick is really going through it. And he's going crazy. Like the, the gun choreography, him and Kane are working together. He like runs out of bullets at one point and like throws the slide of the gun at a guy and then stabs him with the frame of the gun, you know, because that, yes. that gun in real life is very sharp. I looked it up and, and it's like, it's Incredible. wild. And he gets to the top and you're like, okay. And then boom, <laughs> knocked to the bottom. And Falls it's the down. longest tumbling scene the whole he tumbles, theater just keeps silent. going and going. We were all crushed. extended take. <laughs> yeah. And he gets to the bottom. And then that's when Donnie Yen shows up. And yeah. You need to get up. You need to get to the church. Yeah. Uh, and they, they do it. Yeah. But it's they do it. wild. Yeah. So they're working together. But that stair scene was so hard when he falls back down. <sighs> yeah. God. And we also get the, the sort of captain of these, these high table guys. This is like, Big burly guy who who yes. shows up a bunch of times. The Murray, yeah, one- he's right hand man. Yeah, yes. 
And he's the one who shoots at the stalker's dog, uh, which then, or the tracker, whatever his name mm-hmm. is, Mr. Nobody. Yep. Um, so that culminates in uh, nobody showing up and killing this guy. And it's very satisfying where he's like, don't fuck with my dog, right? Yep. The tracker's got a very cool, like, lever action modern looking rifle it's like this weird yeah. mix of it's again western you know it's it's like the rifleman you know it's very cool he seems to be able to lego it into different ranges that he wants yeah, to use like right like close up long away modular yeah, yeah. yeah. wild but a very very cool weapon so, so he's kind of saved yeah john saved his dog yeah. so he's like all right i'm cool with you and we get to the soccer tour so we're gonna do right the duel now. and he just grabs a beer and watches it he's, he's, he's hanging out at this point <laughs> fuck gonna you i'm gonna legends. watch it's that's exactly what I want to say. It is that moment of like, if you just happen to be on the subway with Spielberg and Scorsese, like having a conversation and like your stop came up and you were like, you know what? I'm just going to stay on the subway for a exactly. minute. Like he just to be around it. He's going to be talking about this for the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah. And he sort Absolutely. of gained a respect for John Wick. He doesn't really want to kill him now, even not for 20 million, but yeah. They I'm all sure meet up Kane at the church. Has a reputation too. Like this is this is all shit. He's kind of new to the scene of the assassin yeah. world. But it's like these are legend. Like like you said, Scorsese and Spielberg. So yeah, we're we're up here and we're gonna do the the Clancy Brown as the um extractor the or whatever the hell is. Or the, no, he's the, the, the demolisher the or whatever the yeah. fuck it is. <laughs> who who's sometimes remembering that he has this prosthetic scar over his eye is sometimes yes. remembering to shut his eye. Says. Ah, you've come here in time, be mateys. Gar, 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 SpongeBob. Uh, we got it's these time for the, the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say quickly on this duel? Yeah. Um, thematically, you know, I like to overthink stuff. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, they're they're using the dueling pistols, you know, so like an older style weapon. And I just think that's such a cool touch to take this franchise that's known for tactical reloads and AR-15s yeah. and shit, and just finish it. With a dueling pistol and the fact that a single shot. Them, yeah. 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 The shot in it's very traditional, which is like the high table thing. They're all about these traditions and rules and And it just lends uh, to the world of like John Wick knows how to handle a dueling pistol because why wouldn't he? You know, yeah, like of he's, course. he's course. They're all, they all familiar do. with this shit. But he does get stabbed in the hand by Donnie, and we gotta say he's like, I owed you one. So John Wick gets stabbed in yes. his right hand, which means ah. he's gotta duel with his left hand. Um so he's at a slight disadvantage, but again, Donnie is blind, so I think Keanu's still in an advantage. Yeah. Um, but neither of them so want to kill go 30 so paces. Here's situation. Yeah, go ahead, Jacob. Yeah. So they start at 30 paces, they each shoot one shot, and then if they don't die, then you move up 10 paces, do it again. If you don't die, do it again, 10 paces. Um, so basically, you have three chances, because by the time you're at 10 paces, it's like, that's, that's about to be yeah. it. Um, it's arm's length. So we so get yeah, two sh- or three rounds of this. We get a miss. We yeah. get a, a grazing blow and a lot of tension. You know, they take their time. Yeah, with well, they're it, basically and, shooting know. each other in non-lethal air. Their yeah. suits are getting these red splotches now where they've been shot. And they end up, they're 10 paces away. Uh, and on the last one, Donnie Yen, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen hits him, but uh, John Wick, he doesn't fire. Um, he goes down. not super noticeable, but he just, he um, never fires his gun, right? Um, yep. He goes down. Now the marquee, Bill Skarsgård is like, all right, let me finish him off. Yeah. Donnie Yen, give me the damn pistol. I'm about You're to You're clear of blow. your duties. Your daughter's fine. High table. It on. is yeah. my right of coup de gras. To get the kill right. shot. Yep. Goes up. He's about to kill Keanu. He's like, uh, and then Do- it's Donnie Yen that says it right. He's like, you idiot. No, you it's Winston. Fire. 
Oh, it's Winston, Winston who yeah. says, "You fucking idiot!" <laughs> he's like, "What?" He's like, "You vain piece of shit." He yeah. hasn't shot his shot yet. And the Marquis turns, and of course, gets a bullet right through his brain. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's that's how we get the Marquis. His arrogance is his downfall, right? We we never that's saw right. him lift a finger. He's this young guy. It's so easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's very arrogant. He thinks everyone's going to do everything young rich guy who's incredibly like, opulent yeah and um, now here i've remembered his name down to hang out there Lancy brown's arbinger character arbinger, yes. says <laughs> and of course <laughs> basically yeah. the arbiter and that everything has been paid off because of this the duel has come to its conclusion john is released from control of the high table he is no longer excommunicado he is back into retirement and donnie Winston, as well has- donnie as well is fulfilled is his contract his daughter's safe totally mm-hmm. free his daughter's safe as well winston will have the continental rebuilt and he will be reinstated as the manager mm-hmm. and all of our heroes win and succeed and then john wick turns and says take me home winston and ian mcshane looks so incredibly sad that truly i was like at this moment i said oh no to myself under my breath and, as yeah. it all came crashing down to me and i realized what was happening. has three like th- at least three bullet wounds in him now he's just bleeding from multiple spots in his body where he was shot by donnie yen fell downstairs uh, not fatal yet but he's just he's really injured uh and he just wants to go home he walks and then he walks over the steps right and he just kind of sits down and then he just falls over, right? He thinks Forget about it. his wife. He he. We get a quick montage of Bridget Moynihan of the scenes of Oh John, Oh Johnny, John, stop filming me. Those classic moments, mm-hmm. of course. It's a little Blade Runner twenty forty nine situation. We sit yeah. down on the steps yeah, and just the, calls uh, it quits. Yeah, no? um, just falls over. Cut to slow fade back to New York City. We see the city landscape, and then two gravestones and it's john wick helen wick and john wick loving wife loving husband yeah and then it's uh there winston uh, and uh the bowery king and they're like bowery king and their dog bowery king has yes john wick's new dog which is sort of like going crazy and yeah they have a small conversation where ian mcshane says where do you think he is heaven or hell and who knows yep john's over john's gone that's the big spoiler. John Wick, Chapter 4, The Death of John Wick. How do you feel about this? Uh, well, I feel like- frankly, not yeah. advertised, certainly. You have to give it up that, right? Yeah. I was, I don't know, I was kind of half expecting it. I felt like, I felt like when his arc was complete, he was going to die. And I thought this would be the last John Wick chapter. So I actually was kind of expecting him to die at the end of this film. Wow. Yeah. In hindsight... It all makes sense, especially seeing that he kind of realizes that this is a destructive path. It's not going to solve anything. And he talked with his conversation with Donnie Yen. He's like able to be like, hey, man, maybe if I can just do one good thing, like if I can help Donnie Yen get out of this shit and kill the Marquis, at least then I fucking help somebody for once during this revenge tirade. And that's kind of his goal. And that's why he's wearing the white shirt. He finally decides to do something for someone other than himself, you know? So I, I think it's a beautiful kind of end for the character. It makes perfect sense to me, but uh, yeah, glad to see him go though. Legend. I, yeah, it's, it's very bittersweet. It almost taints the film for me in a way, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it a lot, but it, 
it feels like a suicide note to me now where I watch it and I go, yeah, all the signs were there, you know. Of right. course, yeah, like well, of course, did, this is what ex- happened. How did you expect his story? To I don't end? know, I mean, Jacob. It had to end with him dying. It's it's the only thing keeping him strange. living was was this sort of path of revenge that he was on, and then once he accomplished everything, he was totally forgiven by the high table. He had nothing left to really live for, and mm-hmm. he just wanted to basically go to sleep and just die. You know, you're right. He's got he's with his wife again. You know. Now there's yeah. speculation. Fans are like, well, what if he's not really dead and this is fake too? Who knows? Well, they filmed it in a way where if, yes. you know, in five years, 10 this. years, Keanu is like, you know what? Let's do another John Wick that he could come back. He could be in hiding or something like that. Like it's open-ended enough that they could bring him back. I think they, the line is, where do you think he is? And then the dog goes crazy and looks off screen. Now, Chad Stileski said, this is how we wanted it to end. I shot another cut to make Lionsgate happy where you know, kind of indicated that the dog runs off to somebody. Maybe someone did survive and fake their death. We showed that to audiences. They fucking hated it. And he said, and that cemented to me that Keanu and I were right. It was time to just hang up the suit. Wow. Yeah. They were really so it's definitive to him. He thinks yeah. it is the end. I think it should. Thematically, it makes, I think it should it makes be. sense. Yeah. And what do you do? He's 58. Like, not saying he can't do it because he can clearly do it. But like, you know, yeah. I think it's... A, and also... You're going to end it watering it down at this point. Exactly. And on a high yeah, note, like, they ended on a very, very high note. Yeah. And they've won up themselves every sequel. They've tried to go bigger, try to do new things. And it's like, how many can you realistically make and keep the quality consistently excellent like it has been? Like, how many John Wicks could you really do? This one kind of felt like we're going to throw in everything that we always wanted to do. It's going to be this grand finale to his story and i think it makes that makes a lot of sense it really gives you everything you could want i'd say it's that the director said that's the only franchise where i can have dogs and samurai fighting gun people and car chases and this movie has all of that it's got samurais it's got dogs it's got cars it's got motorcycles it's got crazy hand-to-hand combat and we have a what what more do you need a samurai style sword duel and a western style pistol duel in the same movie. I mean, and come on. a car. If one of the guys fight. at the high table was like, by the way, I'm a cyborg, I'd be like, ooh, interesting new elements. <laughs> it's an <laughs> AI. It would be out of place. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think overall, they, they crush it and it's a good way to just, hey, call it. I, what more can, What more do you want out of an action movie, an action franchise? I mean, how many other ways can you kill people? Like, dog. I don't know what yeah. you would do for five. And they we were going to do five. And then they realized, you know what? I think four is enough. It's a long, you know, it's almost three hours. So that's fine. It's a good chonky movie. And uh, yeah. I think it's, it was the right choice. And also four, you know, thematically in like Asia and stuff, some countries, it like means death, you know, because it's mm-hmm. the same, like in Japanese pronunciation, wow. four could also be she. So it's kind of thematically appropriate for the influences of John Wick to die in the fourth uh, movie. But yeah, you know. All right. Well, they wrapped it up so perfectly. Let's wrap up our final thoughts here on, I guess, the John Wick franchise. Here, going up on Norms Like Us. I'll need an opinion. We're back here on Normies Like Us. Uh, we've met with the tailor, got our suits, or the sommelier. We've That's right. visited the hotel. We fell down some stairs, which was not fun, but we're back mm-hmm. here on 
it's like us talking that killer franchise that is john wick i have to say in the john wick series falling downstairs is a, a common occurrence thank you <laughs> where was common in this film why did right. he not come out at the it's end the only thing we right. needed was common um yeah but I think we're all uh, standing on common ground where we say this is really great. Uh-huh. I have a, a question, you know, about mm. the future of this world because the world building's so great. We know we're getting the ballerina, you know, Anna Darmus. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll see how that goes. I think she's, you know, she's a good actress, Blade Runner. You know, I like Anna Darmus. We'll see how the action goes. And then we have. I mean, so I wrote this. John Wick has phases. The universe of John Wick has phases, and we've just finished <laughs> phase one. So what is mm-hmm. phase two? You know, ballerina, yeah. the tracker and Rena Sawayama do stuff. I would like to see more of those characters. So I'm seeing kind of this, that younger set of three being the future of this high table mm. world. Well, I know they also have this continental TV show that they want to do, which is going to focus on Ian McShane's character, I believe at a younger age, uh, kind of. Oh, before. setting up the continental in new york city oh yeah to me lance reddick should have been the lead of whatever that series was so yeah, what is yeah. yeah yeah i think yeah. overall as much as i like the world building of these movies and stuff i kind of like you know the john wick part of it is like the best part of it so john wick without john wick it's not as much of a sell for me i mean i'll still probably you know watch whatever they do but i'm less interested in the world without john wick i guess I would have to agree, Colin. Do you feel the same way? Like, I, I like these characters enough, and the world is interesting, but yeah, John Wick, Keanu, going crazy is kind of the draw, but, you know, fair enough. Yeah. To me, to sustain it. the most obvious route, and this is just if Chad Stileski wants a paycheck, I could see him just being like, John Wick, Poland, Baba Yaga Legacy or Origins is coming out and it is a prequel movie where we will just have somebody else play John Wick. You see how he meets his wife. You see how he does the uncompletable task and you finally see what that is. Like they've purposely left his background so open and unexplored. It feels like for that particular reason. And I am with you guys. Even even putting John Wick back into the John Wick universe that way, I would still not be interested because it's, it's just everything doesn't need to be a universe. And I know that's just such no, a dumb, cheap argument it. if you're like, but I'm a fan of it. Don't I deserve to see more? And it's like, there are going to be for the rest of our lives, movies that are made because John Wick was made. And that's great, yeah. but you're going to eat so many imitators why would you want to see the thing you like be spoiled and be eaten up by that as well? Yeah. Very true. That. Yeah. It's influence is going to be very heavy on the action action genre for a long time. Forever. And uh, yeah. yeah, like you said, not every franchise needs to have a million world building side projects. And like, I think the world building of this series is good in that, like it fits this universe, but I'm not super curious about learning more about it without. No. Keanu as John Wick like that's what makes it so great like taking Keanu out of it it's just like no man you know I don't know <laughs> yeah we'll just call it the scorn series at that point if John Wick's not in it um but here you would you get the post-credit stinger where we have Donnie Yen going to see his daughter he's got flowers he's walking through the crowd to go see his daughter now that he can finally you know go talk to her and stuff i think he couldn't have contact with her or something for a period so now he's going to reunite with right. her and then we see akira rina sawayama walking through the crowd with a knife yes cut to black so there is things stinger. are moving 
But, you know, what is that? That, that scene was shot like very weird with like the soft focus. I thought that was weird. And also when we were sitting there in the theater, all the credits are playing. We're sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> man, I got to I got to use the bathroom. I got to get out of here. You Three guys hours. are like, no, there's probably definitely going to be were another s- scene. I was like, <laughs> after the credit scene in a John Wick movie, I don't know. Never a franchise first. They've never done it before, never but you it. were so adamant. And I was truly just like, I just can't believe what we just saw. I like couldn't move like regardless of. What? And then the when something came up, I was shocked. Well, our friend Adam, who was uh, there with us, uh, was mm-hmm. like, no, you know, they usually the lights would go up. If it was over, over, you know, the lights are still dim. That means there's going to be something after these credits. We wait through the whole credits. I'm like, I got a freaking pee. Like I've been holding yeah. in for two hours and 45 minutes, man. Uh, and then he was right. So I was like, man, wow. Yep. Vindicated. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is a lot. I had to pee since they got to Paris, man. It was a tough finale. Yeah. To through. It's, a, it's a long movie, but uh, yeah. Yeah. That's our Ruskies. Yeah. Yeah. You're having adult beverages. So that doesn't help. But um, so that's where they left it. We'll see what they do. Are they going to follow up or not? Like Donnie Yen, super cool. Like, you know, what do you do with that relationship? I'm, you know, I'm I think that's curious a about good the stinger. Future. Yeah. To end it off. It is. Here's my, here's my thoughts. If somebody said to me, what is the most important movie that released in your lifetime? I would say the Avengers because what mm. it did to films, yep. but to a specific genre, I would say John Wick. Like anyone who makes an action movie now is like, well, we want it to kind of be like John Wick, but you know, like John Wick meets like the streets of Agrabah. It's Aladdin, but he has a gun. And you're like, yeah. what was that? And they're like, yeah. what? They're like don't, don't worry about that. And when you get these films where it's like, what is Hotel Artemis with Jodie Foster and Batista? Well, it's about a hospital that killers go to where they know there's a rule that they can't kill each other. You're right. like, right. <laughs> and Atomic right. Blonde, it's like, who's Atomic Blonde? I'm like, well, she's an unstoppable like woman Wick, with no past and she's a ghost, yeah. but she's a woman and she could kill. And you're like, right, right. And I'm not just talking about the ripoffs. I'm, we're talking about the aesthetics. We pointed out in this film. The needless headshot realism that was caused by this film franchise uh, personally carries on to action movies in a way where they even in like big budget stuff, they're like, there's got to be like a cool, sleek scene where like you really see violent stuff happen. And you're like in Black Adam and they're like, yeah, in Black Adam. Yeah. And this film franchise, God love it. You know, it's still the box office that it's bringing in is, of course, impressive. But again, it's Lionsgate getting lucky with something that really doesn't cost a lot of money, too. Like, Keanu Reeves, no offense, everybody, is not the most expensive A-list movie star to put in your film anyway. And the goodwill that he generates is priceless. Yeah, and also... The fact that this mo- this franchise basically rejuvenated his career, which wasn't really doing yes. that well, like through the two thousands, mm-hmm. um, this led to you know Matrix Four. This he led to him being a bankable to do star again. Another Bill and Ted because yes. John Wick exists. Yes. and thank you for bringing up Matrix Four. This will be the last part of my point. I really like Matrix Four. I understand it's a devices film, and that a film that I would call the most important film released in my lifetime, the matrix up until these other little paragons I've pointed out. Uh, 
it I mean, there would be no John Wick without it. Obviously, we talked about how the directors literally were the stunt doubles for Neo on that film. That's how they mm-hmm. met this man to do these things. Right. But I mean, in the sense that like action really hadn't been redefined. And I'm so glad that action was able to reach a point where like it's changed and evolved so much. Keanu is still such a part of it and such a driving force that he has this thing. And Matrix 4 can be totally different where the whole point of that movie is Keanu Reeves never picks up a gun. He never fires a gun because obviously Lana Wachowski was very affected by the fact that the Matrix was blamed for Columbine. That like violence in America was a direct result of something she created. Now, when a school shot up, which I'm going to go ahead and say to date this happened today when we're fucking recording this podcast right now, a fucking right. tragedy happened in Tennessee. It's goddamn right. awful. Yeah. Yep. It, there, there's not really going to be an equation of like, well, the number one movie at the time that that happened was John Wick chapter four. Like there is a violence in America thing. No. Right. We're kind of past excuses at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, and the culture and world has changed. Yeah. Blame yeah. video games Wrong or man. heavy metal music or whatever. Yes. Like there are always people who will try to do that. Yes. But um, but yeah. two different franchises, both made of love and for love and having all this action stuff. And Matrix Four can take the, the route genre. Yeah. Totally. Them. Yeah. Yes. But Matrix Four can take the route of like He's not going to use weapon. It's going to be about positivity. I, I'm kind of embarrassed that I made these action films in general. And John Wick Chapter 4 can be like, it's about love. It's about all those things, too. But also, we're not embarrassed about being an action movie. That's what these fucking things are. We're about to rock your body with it. I mean, it mm-hmm. just washes over you. This franchise yeah. is incredible. I mean, one other thing I want to say. Sorry. Um, just about, you know, we're talking about the incredible stunt work and everything. Mm-hmm. There is not a best Oscar no, I wanted for to bring that best up, stunts, and there really should be because that's as impressive as cinematography or any yes. other aspect of filmmaking. And to think that we could have had a best stunt category for years and really uh, celebrated these great stunt workers and stuff like that really should be an Oscar category. Let's yeah. let's be real, real quick. Film, the Oscars celebrate the creation of film, the role and job that is filmmaking. If you are a department head, you should be eligible for an award then. Stunts is a department. Right. They have effects. They have makeup. Like, why not stunts, you know? Yeah, exactly. If we're doing costuming, again, that's a part of the art form. Stunts are just as important part of the art form. And it's like, yeah, maybe best performance. You can cry, make an emotion. But can you fucking do what Keanu Reeves do? Like, come on physically with your body. Like, these stunt people are putting their lives at risk, going through glass and downstairs. And, like, just for the entertainment of the audience, they need an Oscar category for them, for sure. Well, Tom Cruise Cruise would be up on... Yeah. Yes. But this argument that it would only incite people to create more and more dangerous situations for each other. Tom Cruise does that anyways. That's what... As if that's not happening with camera people in camera departments to get unique shots as if that's not happening with actors let alone the things that like i'm not even talking about danger like tom cruise trying to break breath holding records no no no. dangerous acting is what daniel day lewis does where he makes you carry you him around in a chair all day that is dangerous you know those things Mm -hmm. there are to say that people aren't going to extremes 
no matter what, you're wrong. They are in every category. So why would you prohibit that for stunts? That's ridiculous. And if you look at John Wick, like they, they are going to, I've never seen anything like this. They're doing it for the love of the game. Like we're, they're already yeah. pushing the envelope because they want to. It's not like it's going to create an arms race and they should be recognized. And that's why even if there was no post creds, I was sitting all the way through it because everybody involved in this film, top to bottom, deserves you know, a lot of respect and admiration right. because it, it's incredible. Um, and ultimately, that's what push, pushes the art form forward is people who are doing it just for the love of it. And not really caring about awards, box office, anything like that. Like those things are nice, but really, you know, people that love film, like, you know, this is a really a, a film made Maybe. by people that love the, the here's craft. movie magic. This is magic. We're, it's yeah. on film. Here's something. Like, yeah. Make it so you wouldn't be eligible if a safety personnel team isn't on set, you know, of yeah. whatever standards that you set that has to document the stunt as it happens to qualify. Right. Yeah, they have behind the scenes showing this is how we pulled it off and did it safely. Pretty fucking cool, huh? And I would love to see that yeah. content just as a fan. Like, I want to see behind the scenes of that top down, everything like that. So, uh, yeah, it really viewership, viewership for the Oscars every year goes down. It didn't this year. Fuck you guys. Somehow it didn't. Yeah. If they, tr- if the producers true well they, yes exactly in. Yeah. if you want to automatically juice your numbers by 10 percent, say tomorrow we are doing best stunt at the next oscars yeah yeah tom cruise versus keanu reeves dog like out here or the stunt teams themselves get recognized by name right and um yeah I, the I debates that you would have mike where you're like Yo, is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 going to get it or John Wick Chapter 4? Yo, when they did, oh my God, the overhead. You're talking about the overhead shot? Bro, I'm talking about when Tom Cruise jumps off with the motorcycle, bro. And just like, yep. they would be, those, those would change Oscar parties. It would be so much fun. I would actually start watching it because I'm kind of yes. like, eh, doesn't really attract me. But that kind of stuff, I give them. And, and, you know, we were talking briefly, we're winding it down, but about, um, Clones. People are going to clone John Wick. We don't need an extended universe because we're going to get shitty John Wick movies anyway. And like, you could only do it with Keanu. Like, he's such a singular being. And like, you, you have to train as hard as he did for like three to six. He's now had years of training for this stuff. Yeah. Stunt driving, martial arts, gun handling, you know. No one's that dedicated. You're not going to get a spin-off guy to work as hard as that like if, especially if you're trying right. to do a cheap imitation so this is as high as it's going to get yeah why water it down essentially what's what's going to happen to count mike because he did the revamp of the other characters that he had he did bill and ted and it kind of did nothing they're not making did neo bill and ted for he has that comic book called berserker that is literally drawn to look like keanu and i know that that has been optioned hmm. i heard there was interest in constantine reboot like another oh my team. god sign me up mike i used to eat hot dogs at the same stand from that movie it was near my film school i was like hey, constantine hot dog stand hell yeah <laughs> well you had a wow. bug in a match case that you would shake <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i think between john wick and then him being johnny silverhand in cyberpunk really put him in the spotlight for me at that's least what he again. should do and, yeah cyberpunk i guess the cyberpunk movie, movie maybe dude yeah this is perfect actually because this leads me to my question First of all, what do you think, do you know John Wick's kill-to-death ratio? Oh, God. I have it here, if you want to guess. He's only died once. The ratio is astronomical. What's the K? I don't know, a thousand people through the four minutes. I was going to say 500, and that seemed high to me. You think a thousand? 
I don't know. I'm bad at We're estimating at numbers. Roughly, based on people seeing John Wick 4 and adding it to the total, 439 kills to one death. 439. Close. That's pretty good. But then I'm thinking, who has killed more people than Johnny Silverhands? By nuking Arasaka or John, right. probably Johnny Silverhands. <laughs> yeah, but who I would win in a fight? The fallout. But who would win in a fight? John, John Wick. Wick. John I would Wick say, okay, Silverhands. I would John say Wick, you can't Johnny kill Johnny. So. Neo. <laughs> yeah. Does Ooh, Neo yeah. beat John Wick? Because Neo Does can just Neo control John the environment Wick? around you. <laughs> but he can only do that in the Matrix. He can't control the environment. But in the, the third world. one, he does it in the real world. But maybe yeah. that's a deeper layer of the Matrix. Remember? Does John know he's in the simulation? No. Because I feel like no, if he know. knew, he would be able to one style manipulate it too. But if he right. didn't, then I think Neo would win. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. a good point. But a good question. Yeah, I think John should do the Johnny Silverhand uh, cyberpunk prequel. I think everyone would want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just, he's going to sign on to some weird stuff. He'll shave, he'll cut his hair. He's not going to be. He can't. We've all kind of. Do it. He can't. It's well, it's just we've all kind of infantilized him a little bit, Mike, in that we kind mm. of it's the same thing that just happened with Brendan Fraser, where everybody's like, what are you talking about? I love John Wick. I love Keanu. He said, there he is. I love you, well, Keanu. He's <laughs> the best in like this kind of movie. He's great, obviously, at the action. He's not the best actor in the world. And usually when he, you know. When his movies flop, it's something like The Lake House or something where he's trying oh, yeah. a romantic comedy or something like that. Jacob, not- you know what my dad said? I was talking to my dad on Friday and he has yeah. not seen it yet. And he said, you know what AMC's play a nonstop because of it? And I said, what? And he said, The Replacements. He's good oh, in that. Oh, like, Shane I was like, why yeah. do you think he's good in that? And he said, because he needs a role like that where he can be low energy, high charisma. He's the only guy who can pull that off. And I thought, right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Replacements, Point Break. I mean, he's been in some good ones. You know, Speed, obviously. Uh, a Johnny Utah sequel at this point. If they did a... God. They did Point Break 2 now. They did a reboot of Point Break. I know, yeah. I know, I know. But if they did it now, dude, with Patrick Swayze gone and shit and Gary Busey gone and shit, like, I don't know. I don't know. Is Gary Busey dead? He might not be. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. He's probably already saying, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. But they could redo Johnny Mnemonic. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Mnemonic too. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be like surprised. A, he yeah. needs to do a cyberpunk sci-fi, even if it's not cyberpunk branded, like Cyberpunk 2077. He needs yeah. to do like a yeah. sci-fi or something next. Like, you know, that would be great. But yeah, mm-hmm. there is very much. Yeah, he can't. He has to do actions. Unfortunately, because yeah. I think about everything before I say it. Like his only comedy is yeah. really Bill and Ted, where he's he's the kind of and he was young in the character. original. You know, like he was yeah. fine to just be. Mean, but anyway. well, that was kind of the character of him is like kind of the clueless surfer stoner guy. Whoa. But actually, yeah, that's where whoa he's actually from. very well spoken and, and eloquent. In but he's actually stuff. yeah. yeah. Um, a mid-century lawyer purchasing a house, right? You're saying Bram Stoker's Dracula is the most accurate Keanu Obviously, that was his best <laughs> wow. role. Yeah. Dang, good, good cut. That's kind of struggling cut. to do a British accent. Yeah. Struggling? <laughs> <It's> failing? <laughs> that's, that's giving yeah. too much credit, but no, we, we Probably outside Keanu. his range a little bit, but... Oh, yeah. Francis Ford Coppola has apologized since this, <laughs> saying it was his fault... Keanu yeah. tried every day. He said, I've never seen a guy try harder in my life. He knew it wasn't working. And every day he would come to set saying, I'm going to figure it out today, Francis. Sure. 
And he I'm never say did. He's one of the hardest. Well, even stunt people said he's one of the hardest workers. Like he's one of the most dedicated yeah. at the thing. And I don't. Yeah. You know, it's just. Sometimes uh, emoting is hard, but he's so good at so much other stuff. He's such a great human being, you know, obviously off camera and stuff like y- you can't not like him. But what does he do nah, to carry, yeah. you know, franchises? He's one of those people where everyone who's ever met him talks about him. It's like he's just the nicest, greatest guy. So. Is John Wick his greatest role or is that still Neo? Is his career defined by John Wick at this point? I think he's evolved I think Neo, Neo into John Wick right Neo now. Neo is so important. Though. It's like yeah. a Charmander, Charmander, John Wick. But it's like John definitely Wick. second to Neo at this point because Neo is his most mm. iconic young role where, yeah. um, you know, when he's up and coming. But it's John just Wick you, has really defined his later career. I don't think anyone ever grows past the chosen one. I think once your mm. iconic movie is You're the Chosen One, it's just that's what you'll be known for for the rest of your life. I see him yeah. as John Wick, man. I don't know. It, that's Neo, crazy. while incredible, was an evolutionary step to get us to what we see in John Wick with his physical ability, learning Kung Fu. Like all of it led us to John Wick. And I think it's the culmination, sure. at least, of his experiences and learnings. And I think the fourth movie for the character to die, it's a perfect send off of all the shit he's learned throughout his career in the different movies and to put it all on film with a great stunt team, great cinematography. Amazing. So good for you, yeah. Keanu. Good for you, whole team. Um, uh, this is a fact that I do like to point out very quickly that uh, David Leitch was part of the stunt team on The Crow. And after Brandon Lee was killed on that Alex Proya oh, set film because of a stunt accident, uh, David Leitch actually had to put on a mask that they had made of Brandon Lee's face and act as him in several oh. scenes as The Crow. Horrifying. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Stunts, man. It's no joke. And that's why not good. deserve credit. Yeah. The day it's dangerous. Well, that's why he, why they're both allowed to have an opinion on rust. Obviously they've been very vocal about the armor situation on that. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Got to be careful with those things. Yeah. Safety is important. Mm-hmm. Not well, good. But what is yep. good is this incredible franchise we've been talking about. It is John wick. We're going to check out of the continental right now. Jacob doesn't have enough coins, so Mike and I are going to kill him in a little bit. But before we do that, (laughs) before we before we excommunicate you, no, uh, I would urge you and the rest of our fans to go to at Narmies underscore like underscore us on all social media where you can review, subscribe, and tell us what you think is going to be the future of the John Wick franchise. We would very much like to know, or what your favorite. Stunts were action films. Hold on, let's rate them real quick. I forgot to do that. I'm gonna go uh three, one, four, two. Oh, I'm gonna okay. I'll say I think one, three, four, two. I think three wow. is a little better than four, but they're both really good. Two is my my least favorite one, it's still good, but I think one, the original, just the simplicity of the premise and the execution wow. is just done so well that I think it's still the best one. Yeah, it's very humble. I go, I go one, four, two, three. Wow. I like the game of uh, at the Enter the Dragon reference, like all the mirrors and stuff at the end of two. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, for me that too, the, me. the the big villains that he has to fight aren't as good as three and four, where no. he's, he's common and Ruby Rose uh, yeah. as like very kind of stereotypical gun assassin. You get that cool, a lot more like, martial walking arts in public. There's like fun stuff there, but I, yeah, there's no bad ones. There's no bad ones. Obviously. No, and I understand the action franchise. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I get the love for the first one for sure. But it's just it's the world has changed so much. He doesn't even wear a suit in that one. He wears an overcoat and a black turtleneck. That's John Wick's iconic outfit of that one. You're he like, looks okay, interesting too. Yeah, that's when he's yes. the most put together. But I still just remember the that first nightclub scene when he's going after Theon Grey. The Red Joy, Circle Club. Yeah. And the music mm-hmm. kicks in. And it's just like so I still good. listen to that song, dude. It's fucking yeah. a fucking banger. Yeah, I think that's the moment that the whole action genre changed. Yes, yes, you're 100% right. But yes, and thank you for taking this journey with us, Narmis. Yeah, Absolutely. four is definitely the pinnacle. Like, it's definitely has the most, it's the highest highs, right? Yes. As far as choreography and execution, but that first movie is, yeah, very specific. So anyway, love this franchise. Yeah. It, it doesn't miss, just like John Wick. I think he's got like an 83% hit rate. The accuracy is off the charts. Oh, that's amazing. Right. Something All like right. <laughs> Always finish him off with a headshot. Remember that. Yep, two in the center mass. Anyway, well, we've been your host. This is uh, Colin. Nobody like Wick. This is the Baba Jaka. Oh, oh no, <laughs> you're excommunicado, dude. Get out of here. <laughs> they call him my ticket was the torn. Baba Jaka. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, to quote Keanu one more time, my uh, listeners, be excellent to each other, take care, and uh, catch you next time. Bye. Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!